0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode which is all about being emotionally strong um, and in particular is that causing us harm? Is it causing you harm? So we often wear emotional strength as a badge of honour. I don't need anyone, I can cope, I don't. if I don't do it then who will? I don't care what anyone else thinks of me. Now does that sound familiar? It's a really common thing I hear from people And these statements, if we listen to them closely, all have a defensive tone. And if we take a moment to dwell on it, we'll find they're not completely true. If we're honest with ourselves, everyone cares what other people think of them to some degree. No, we know we shouldn't let it dictate who we are or what we say or do even. But there is still a part of us which does care what others think. We're only human So are you an extremely emotionally strong person? And in case you're not sure, let me share the three of the most common signs that I've found of an extremely emotionally strong person. And the first one is independence, but not just run of the mill independence, extreme independence. The second is an emotionally strong person will appear to be able to cope with anything and the third is that they will tend to be everyone's rock they're the one people go to because they're the one that people think can handle it really does that sound like you people who class themselves as emotionally strong are often extremely independent as i've said i would class myself as one of these people but what I've learned in recent years has made me want to change that. So I'm going to share it with you, too. So what did I learn? Well, in a nutshell, extreme independence is, in fact, a result of trauma. And there, obviously, there are different grades of trauma here. So what, to what grade you would put this trauma at um, isn't really relevant because it's It's only according to you. We're not comparing it to somebody else. okay? so some people will say, yes, I was bullied, but it wasn't as bad as what other people experienced. That doesn't matter. You were bullied and that has stuck with you and it was traumatic for you. So let's get back to extreme independence. It's a sign that at some point you relied on someone and they let you down or you were made to feel that you would be rejected or you were weak if you were emotional or depended on someone. Maybe you were raised by adults who didn't know what to do with their own emotions, let alone yours. Um, So unconsciously, I sort of encouraged you to push your emotions down, um, not acknowledge them, brush them over. Maybe you didn't feel you could burden those around you with how you felt because it felt insignificant in comparison to what they were already contending with. And this is really common when I talk to parents um, who were bullied as a child and I ask, why didn't you tell your parents? And very often it's because they believed that their parents already had enough to deal with. Um, that and also what was the point what could they do they tend to be the two main things when I ask that question so there are many variations of what you may have experienced to shape you into the emotionally strong and extremely independent person you are today now I know where they come from now I know where they come from I no longer wear emotional strength as and independence as a badge of honor but instead an indicator that there's a great deal of healing which needs to happen to allow my already great life to become even better because that's the truth of it I am happy with my life and I'm sure you are too I'm incredibly grateful but there's always room for improvement And the sort of things I'm meaning are things such as living with more ease, healing, which will allow deeper connections and meaningful relationships, which nourish me emotionally, um, including my relationship with my kids, even Um, healing to allow me to relax, to trust, be vulnerable and reap the rewards. We can all do more work on that (laughs) to feel confident and capable. And to not feel triggered by what happens to my kids or um, to other people around me in situations around me. So we've all reached this point in different ways. Some of us will have experienced chronic childhood bullying at school. Others will have been bullied by family, you know, or there are endless other experiences um, such as losing someone, not having the parents you needed Everyone is hugely significant and until recently I would have been the type of person to believe that it sculpts who we are and we just have to learn to live with our experiences but now I know while we may have to live with the memories we don't have to live with the emotions we still carry and the defences we've built as a result. So let's get to the core of what this episode's about how is being emotionally strong harming us? Well, the first way is that it prevents us from deepening the connection we have with others. It's when we soften a little and are vulnerable that we connect with others and get the support we all need, whether we realise it or not. So are you putting out the energy of I don't need anyone? um, I can cope, that sort of energy, because when we do this. No one tries to support us, funnily enough, but if we're truthful we all enjoy being cared for at some point even if it's just someone giving a thought to how we're feeling no one is always strong even though you may appear to be but because of how you appear to the world people can be more blunt and less considerate with the way they interact with you not deeming you in need of softness or consideration you're not a robot strength is great but so is feeling cared for, considered and supported. Strong and supported are not mutually exclusive. Another aspect to this is asking for help. So people aren't mind readers, that's the bottom line. And if we appear to not need help and we don't ask for help, I think it's pretty fair of them to assume we don't need help. But of course, everyone needs help at some point. Um, And this builds resentment um, because even though you want to be emotionally strong, even though you feel that's um, what keeps you safe, um, you then start to feel like, well, why can't someone help me for a change? Why can't, you know, your spouse, whoever, do more, be more considerate of you maybe? So the thing is, it isn't easy for most people to ask for help but emotionally strong people find it almost impossible to ask for help for themselves it almost feels as if they're giving up you know sort of stating to the world I'm not strong enough to cope and that's not comfortable now there's no judgment here from me because I am one of those people it is far more comfortable for me to be the one who fixes problems finds solutions and helps others than it is to be the one who asks for help but one thing I have been told is that it's actually very offensive to those who care about me that I never ask for help Um, and they find it intimidating they feel it gets in the way as if they can't truly connect with me because I'm some superhuman that doesn't need them And feeling that you're not needed is not conducive to feeling loved and part of a loving dynamic. Um, So we can unknowingly damage our relationships when we put out the vibe that we don't need anyone. The second way is that it's exhausting, physically and emotionally draining. Because it goes against our core human needs. We need others, whether we like it or not. And we need times when we aren't the one to solve a situation or the one to take action and do something. Life ebbs and flows, doesn't it? And by always coping and always being ready, we're going against the natural ebb and flow. And that requires an enormous amount of energy, superhuman amounts. And it's just not sustainable. So, on the whole, we manage. But it's not necessarily the standard of life we dream of. Always running on low, suppressing how we really feel and maintaining this huge emotional wall to keep us safe takes extraordinary energy and effort. Our normal becomes a state of being guarded, possibly defensive and usually feeling misunderstood or unsupported. We don't know what we don't know. So when we have spent as long as we can, or as long as we can remember this way, it's almost impossible to imagine that life could, what life could be like if we didn't work so hard to keep our emotions under control. What would happen if we cried when we were frustrated or admitted, or admitted we couldn't do something uh, because we were struggling ourselves? or asked for help it feels unsafe to think of being any other way and that's because something an experience as i mentioned earlier or maybe even several experiences have taught us we need to be emotionally strong and independent as a way of staying safe but it's not true and it's not helpful in fact we're missing out and harming ourselves if we continue to live by this long-held belief so the third way is that we can develop unhealthy coping mechanisms, such as overeating, over-drinking, smoking, overexercising, exercising over-cleaning. Um, you get the gist. That's just naming a few of the possibilities. Um, the list is exhaustive, but I'm sure you can already pinpoint what your coping mechanism is. Our coping mechanisms are signs of us not allowing an emotion, usually because we don't know what to do with it or feel we would be rejected because of it or because it would be viewed as unacceptable and these are all things that we actually have to stop in our day-to-day lives and pay attention to because a lot of this happens um, without us paying much attention to it it's not intentional it's just it's just a learned behavior it's a learned way of being So even by the few coping mechanisms I've mentioned, you can tell that they are all destructive. A coping mechanism is only effective if temporary. Spending a lifetime depending on coping mechanisms tends to lead to a breakdown in areas of our lives, whether it be our mental health, our physical health or otherwise. They are called coping mechanisms for a reason and we deserve better than to just cope with life. We want to enjoy life, get the best out of it and thrive. Now, the fourth way is that it can and often does after a long, a prolonged period of time, such as in later life, manifest as physical illness. So for me, it manifested as chronic fatigue and thyroid dysfunction, which I won't go into now, but I'd invite you to give a little thought around anything you may have physically manifested as a result of being emotionally strong and extremely independent, even if that is just exhaustion, living your life exhausted. So what can we do to not continue as we always have? So there are three things you can do right now to reduce your emotional independence, to stop harming yourself. The first is working on trusting those around you. Now, this is vital to us being not so emotionally independent. And I understand you're not going to necessarily trust everybody and that wouldn't be sensible. However, we all have an inner circle, even if it's one person who we can work on our trust levels with and you will find you will reap the rewards the second thing is pay really close attention to how you really feel and what you need so after years of practice it's no surprise if you automatically push down your emotions and decide that you're okay but stuffing down these emotions can only cause complications in the future each time you don't allow a feeling and you push it down you're adding it to a stack adding another and another to this stack of the same feelings and one day it will become too full and it will all come out at once or as i said earlier it could manifest in a physical way and this is not scaremongering it's just you know this to be true i'm just highlighting it for you here today and bringing it to your awareness so that you can start to take action on it rather than just making do. So whether it's um, you end up you know all the the emotion comes out once or whether it manifests as a physical in a physical way either way it's not nice and it's not comfortable the easier and the healthier option is definitely to allow each emotion and deal with each experience as it happens but it's not something that necessarily comes naturally so be kind to yourself it takes practice Um, the pandemic has been a great leveler in this regard a lot more people i've found are openly discussing their feelings and their mental health um, it's no longer um, how are you I'm good how are you now it's more um how are you coping with this madness I'm not really I'm just trying to take each day at a time um, and not get too caught up in the news and you know trying to keep some level of normality to my day and I'd say that's one of the really good things to come from 2020 so The the last um, suggestion I have for you today is to sit with and release the emotions as they rise. Um, Now, sitting with emotion can be uncomfortable. However, it's not as uncomfortable as having to sit with it in time to come when it's built up into something bigger. So you can make that choice to be a little bit uncomfortable now or a lot more uncomfortable Um, later down the line so if you know what you you need to feel better then that's great you go with that Um, you know easy done but it's not always clear to us in the moment Um, or maybe what we need isn't something that's easy for us to have in that moment so here are a couple of suggestions for you the first one is tapping and you can sample this over on my facebook page Um, every weekday at the moment I am doing a daily tap where you come along and it's like 60 seconds maybe a minute and a half max where we just tap and bring down our stress levels and relax our nervous systems and this is incredibly helpful with whatever emotion might be coming up for you so come along there and learn a bit more about that if you want to the other way is talking with someone or if that's not an option, writing it all out. Don't censor yourself when you're writing if you're worried about someone else maybe reading what you write, um, which is fair enough, if particularly if it's about someone else. Um, what I would suggest is to write it all out and then burn it straight after so that you don't have that risk. Now, all of these suggestions work for something that has just happened or something that happened a long time ago. So even if you have something that comes up that happened in your childhood and it's invoking this emotion in you and you know maybe you're angry or maybe you feel humiliated or ashamed or any of these powerful emotions any of these things could help you right now go talk to someone write it out do a bit of tapping do it all or if you know what you need in that moment go do that i hope that's helped Um, And I'd love to hear from you. Of course, you're welcome to message me on my Facebook page, um, which is Gemma E. Hills, um, or Overcoming Bullying Together. And you're also welcome to email me, contact at Gemmahills.com. I will see you again next week. Take care.